Hey, welcome to the Kingdom Church Podcast. We're so glad that you could be here. This is the first part of our year-end series. We think that this message is going to encourage and inspire you. So whatever you're doing, sit back, relax, enjoy. You can bring that up there. I just, uh, sometimes, I always should say, I read a passage of scripture. And uh, I sort of like this thing that we've been doing lately, just allowing us to stand up and kind of just give honor to the word and just get our hearts in a posture to receive it. Um, if you were here last week, Pastor Brett brought a word. Anyone here last week heard that? So good. So good. I had the privilege to be in the front row, uh, and I, I loved it, but one thing I've realized is that there's no place I'd rather be than up here, and uh, it's my favorite spot in the whole world. And I'm privileged. I'm honored every time I can just share with you guys, and so uh, I'm going to read a pastor scripture. If you guys uh, hear something you like, make some noise. We're a church that makes noise. You guys good? All right, let's go. Second Corinthians chapter 9 says this. It says, For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, you will be enriched in every way. In which way? Every way. So that you can always be generous. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. So two things will result from the ministry of giving. The needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met, and they will joyfully express their thanks to God as a result of your ministry. They will give glory to God for your generosity to them, and to all the believers will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ. I want to share the title of our message this morning. After I share the title, you guys can... Take a seat. You can clap your hands for the band. Uh, The title for our message is our year-end series, uh, and part one is called The Double Blessing. The Double Blessing. You guys can be seated. Thank you so much, worship team. Now, for those of you, if if you're new to church, um, the Double Blessing title means a lot to me because uh, two weeks ago, almost two weeks ago, uh, we just had our double blessing. My wife gave birth to two beautiful, healthy girls. Uh, that's twins, in case you didn't know. Uh, and uh, they're doing amazing. They're doing awesome. We're hoping they're going to be at church here soon. Um, but it, it's our double blessing. And uh, it's funny because we've realized, like, before we had the babies, uh, we got a lot of advice from people. And you guys have heard me share things, but one of the things that people said was that, like, when you have twins, it's going to be crazy. And, like, a lot of people saying that were people that had one kid. And they were like, when we had one kid, it was crazy. So now you're going to have two at the exact same time. It's going to be crazy. And no matter what people say and how much you kind of prepare, and I didn't really do anything to pre- prepare myself, um, because you can't prepare. Because one is here, it's here. Come on, somebody. And uh, we realized very early on that... Uh, we have to be very strategic, especially when it comes to sleep. Uh, my mother-in-law is here, and we're so thankful for that um, because, like, we outnumber them three to two now. Uh, so that helps a lot. But really, like, if, if the kids were not, uh, with, if, I, if my mother-in-law was not here, like, it would be extremely difficult for us to find sleep. And even when she's here, it's still hard for Christy to sleep because she's been relegated to a milk factory, and she's got two mouths to feed. Uh, and so we've done something every single night around like 9 or 10 o'clock. Uh, it's, it's me, Christy, and my mother-in-law, and we'll kind of just game plan the evenings because uh, we have to figure out shifts for everyone. Otherwise, no one will sleep. 
And so generally speaking, like, she kind of takes the late shift. Christy's dispersed everywhere, and uh, I got the morning shift. And uh, it's, it's been cool, but we realized very early on that, like, if we're not strategic, no one's going to sleep. And when, when my mother-in-law leaves, which is tomorrow, like, things are going to get real. And so, thankfully, my mom lives here. Come on, somebody. Anyone know my mom? She, uh, she serves at our church, and, and she was serving this morning. And uh, so when we realized just how crazy this is, I, I asked my mom something. I said, Mom, uh, when Terry Lynn, my mother-in-law, leaves, I said, would you be willing to, like, ever spend some nights with us? And she said something so funny. She was like, absolutely, as long as Perry can come sleep over with me. And I kind of paused for a second. I was like, Mom, you realize, like, when you come over, I'm not asking you for a sleepover. I was like, I'm asking you to stay up all night with these babies. <laughs> like, Perry can come, but, like, this ain't no sleepover. We got work to do, and Perry's her husband. Um, and so I just, I just thought it was so funny that she said that because I was like, hey, if you're coming here, you're here to work. Like, we're putting you to work. You got a, you got a mission. We're sending you here with a purpose. But her first reaction was like, well, as long as I can sleep with him, but there would be no uh, sleep happening. And... Uh, this story is going to make sense in a second. I'll kind of see, you'll see where I'm going. But we're starting our year-end series. How many of you guys know 2019 is slowly coming to an end? Can you guys believe it? And this is our year-end series, and this is something that uh, has now become a tradition with the church. And it's so awesome because this is our second December, and so now when we say traditions, it can actually be a tradition because we're doing it twice. And uh, if you're new to the church, yeah, we're a brand-new church. Uh, but every single year, we like to finish off our, our year with a year-end series. And our year-end series is something that we believe will propel us forward to what God has in plan for the next year. And what we do is we, we do this series, we kind of share what God has been doing in our church and where we believe we're going, and then we kind of finish the series off with a year-end offering. And this year on December 14th, which is in three weeks, we will once again be taking a year-end offering. And for those of us who are here for our first year of ex existence, uh, the series that we did was called Expand. Was anyone here for that series? A few people? And it's so awesome because the series uh, Expand and what we call the Expand Offering, we did this series, we took this offering in belief that God was about to expand this place in 2019. And it's amazing as I look out and I look at our team, I realize that so many of you guys were not here for that first offering. But that's okay because the purpose of the offering was to expand our team, and God has expanded, and God has been faithful. You all better make some noise for that. And so as this becomes a tradition, I, I love this idea of just a word, right? What is our word? And uh, this is kind of a word that I've had in my heart for a long time, and it was really last spring that God kind of placed it in my heart. And our, our word in our year-end series is called sent. It's called sent. And, and the reason that this word, I think, that, that God kind of put it on my heart was that it speaks to the very essence and the very heart of who God is. God is a missionally focused God. What that means is that God, and some of us have a picture of God, like if there is a God, like he's on a cloud eating grapes and like angels are feeding him cheese. That's not the picture of God in the Bible. The picture of God in the Bible is a missionally focused God. What that means is that he's doing something. He's active in our lives. And I love this word sent because I think it embodies the very mission of who God is. God sent his only son, Jesus. And through Jesus, we have redemption. Through Jesus, we have eternal life. 
And after Jesus left, Jesus sent his disciples. And, and every believer afterward has been sent, and we are sent out with a purpose, and that is to expand God's kingdom and to bring hope and to bring healing. And as a church, we are believing that God is sending us out in 2020. Now, the reason I told this story at the start is because I think that, and I'm not picking on my mom, I just thought it was funny when she told it to me. Um, but I think for a lot of us, our tendency is, although all of us, I believe, were created with a purpose, all of us have a mission, all of us are, and our mission is not our own, our mission is to partner along with what God is doing. That is why we were created, to partner with God and what he's doing. But for a lot of us, our first tendency, instead of looking outwards into how can I be sent, we begin to look inwards, right? Like my mom, like, you're here outwards, she started looking inwards. Like, I'm here to sleep over with my husband. But you see, God has a plan and God has a purpose for each and every one of us in our lives. And God is sending each and every one of us out. And so throughout this series, what we want to do is we want to connect you to the vision and the purpose that God has for you. And the reason that we like to finish this series off with an offering is because we believe that how we finish this year is going to propel us into how we start 2020. And for so many of us, the reality is that our hearts are attached to our finances. And that's not me who said that, that's Jesus. And so what we like to do is we like to get our hearts in the right spot. You see, for so many of us, we start off our years like with the New Year's resolution. Anyone do that before? And, and for a lot of things, they fizzle out. But the reason we like to, do this, like to do this in December is because we want to start the year how we finished it. We don't want to just start something one day. We want to go in and hit the ground running. And we believe that in faith, God is going to do something with this offering. God is going to send each and every one of us out. And in 2020, we're going to be able to reach more people. And more people will come to faith. You guys ready for this? Let's go. That's not loud enough. Y'all ready? All right, let's do this. The title of our message is The Double Blessing. We're giving 2 Corinthians chapter 9. I'll give you guys a little context before I read anything. 2 Corinthians uh, was written by a man named Paul. And if you've been with us at church, we talk about Paul uh, a lot because Paul wrote over half the New Testament. And the book of 2 Corinthians is different than any of Paul's other writings. And the reason it's so different is because Paul is writing to a church that is a little bit suspicious of him. Some things have gone down. Paul started this church, but when he left, the people started talking about him. And they're like, yeah, Paul, he's not really who he says he is. And so there's just this beef going on. And so Paul is addressing this, and he's basically saying, hey, I am who you always thought I was. I'm the Apostle Paul. And so he has this tension and this awkwardness, but in the midst of everything, Paul still needs to call for an offering. You guys ever been in a situation where, like, you don't really trust someone, then they ask for money? And you're like, now I really don't trust that person? And that's kind of the situation that Paul is in. Paul has to ask for this offering, but Paul does it in such a way, and he does it, I think, just so masterfully. We're going to take two weeks to look at his words. But he does it in a way where he's able to connect it to the vision and the purpose that God has for the people. And so I want to look at his words because from it, Paul is going to teach us something about generosity. And this series, in a nutshell, is really a series about generosity. It's how we can connect with what God is doing. And so uh, this morning, I want us to learn three things. I want us to learn the context of giving, the purpose of giving, and the result of giving. Those are three things, and then I'll send you guys on your way. You guys okay? Okay, fantastic. Let's get a little bit louder. You guys all right? All right, I need some energy in this place. That worship was amazing, right? Come on, let's go. God is good. I can't bring this place down. I got to bring it up. 
2 Corinthians 9, Paul says this. He says, God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. So here's the first thing I want us to see because Paul is giving us the context of giving. This is, this is the background. This is the context. What Paul is saying, he's saying everything that we have comes from God. Everything we have comes from, that's the context. It says, for God is the one who provides. And I want to set this frame up because this will change how everything goes. When we understand that everything comes from God, how we look at everything begins to change. Now, for some of us, this can be hard. Because it's like, well, pastor, I'm actually the one that's working. What you mean is God. I'm the one that clocks in every day. But the way that Paul kind of says it is that everything belongs to God. And so everything is God's. But I'll, I'll try to explain it like this, because for some of us, this can be hard to understand. I remember when I was younger, we used to get an allowance. Anyone get an allowance when they were younger? Not, not so lucky. Um, but my, uh, my parents, they did this really weird thing. Our allowance went based on which grade we were in. So if you were in grade one, our allowance was $1 a week, grade two, $2 a week, so on and so forth. And it pretty much stopped around grade nine. And how many of y'all know for a 14-year-old, nine bucks a week isn't enough? But it's, it's so funny because I look back, especially like our allowance, we had things that we had to do in order to get our allowance. But I realized that like everything that we did was really quite minimal. Like my job was to go uh, into our, our playroom and I had to basically fold the blankets and like take a bowl downstairs. And I got my allowance. Now when you're young, like it feels like a lot, right? Like, oh my gosh, this room's a mess. And, and, and it's, looking back though, I can see the bigger picture, right? The essence was I really did nothing to earn my allowance. They just gave it to me. But I have the picture when I'm 14 years old, 12 years old, this is my money. Like I earned this. But the reality in hindsight is that it's only by the grace of my parents that I have it because I don't really need it. I, they don't really need to give me anything because I've done nothing to earn it. And this is sort of the picture that Paul is trying to paint for us. Paul is saying, yeah, you may do stuff, but the essence is it is God that provides the larger backdrop. I, I need to break it down even further because for some of us, this is still hard to understand. For those of us who wake up at 5 a.m. to work, this is hard to understand. For those of us putting in 80-hour weeks, it's like, no, 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 I'm providing. But Paul is setting a bigger backdrop. I, th I thought this week, and what really helped me, I thought to a friend, a story of a friend of mine. His name is Josh. He's in the front row this week with his hat right here. Good-looking guy. Y'all can see him. I talk about him at church sometimes. Uh, but Josh has a story, and uh, it's a story the very first time he told me it, it made me squeamish because uh, I got a weak stomach. And... Uh, I'm really just, I'm going to give you guys the Spark Notes version of it, because like when he tells it, it's like 20 minutes. It's a sermon in itself. Uh, but here's the Spark Notes version of it. Josh was working about eight or nine years ago, and uh, he was on his knees, like literally like this, and what happened was an excavator ran over his feet. Y'all know what an excavator is? I didn't at first. Thankfully, he sent me a picture. An excavator is like a huge, heavy, mechanic, machine thing. And it ran over his feet. And the, the gist of what happened was that his feet were completely crushed. Now, 
for those who see Josh, you can see that he's sitting here. He's able-bodied. And uh, it's crazy when you hear the whole story. And, and, and it's crazy because I've been to Josh's soccer games. I've seen him running. Uh, I've seen him setting up chairs in this church. And, and basically, if you're not getting what I'm saying, his feet are healed. Um, his wife, Chelsea, will tell you that if you feel them, they're not as healed as you may believe. But uh, the essence is his feet are healed. And when he tells the story, he'll let you know a number of things that really saved his feet. Uh, number one was the boots that he was wearing. He was wearing steel, pretty much covered boots, and that really saved his feet. Uh, there was a lady there who was a nurse that helped calm him down, put a blanket on him, and these amazing surgeons. And so all of these things happened, but when I hear the story, when I see Josh, I don't really think of any of those things. Like, I know those things helped, and I know that he needed those things, but for me, the essence of his story is that God saved his feet. And that every time he walks, every time he moves, it's a miracle. It's a miracle. His feet got crushed. And so, listen, we're, we're looking back at the larger context of giving and the larger context of this idea that everything that we have comes from God. How many of you guys know that the fact that you are here today is a miracle? Now, you may not have a story where your feet got crushed, but I know that each and every one of us has a story of God doing something to preserve your life. And sometimes we can't even see it. And so when we can begin to see the bigger picture, we realize, hey, I may be going to work when it's minus 20, but it's only by the grace of God that I can even walk. It's only by the grace of God my mind can even function. One of my favorite verses, verses Colossians chapter 1, verse 17, it says, For he, speaking of God, is before all things, and in him all things hold together. What this verse is letting us know is that God is literally holding everything together together. The reason you're here right now is because of the grace of God. He's holding everything together. All it takes is a moment. All it takes is a second. And we can lose everything. And so we're trying to rearrange our minds to say, hey, everything I have belongs to God. It's only by God's grace I have what I have. It's funny. I remember like in movies and maybe in real life, but in movies, like there'd be a couple a lot of times and like they would look at their children. You guys ever seen this before? And they'll be like, babe, look, look what we made. You guys ever seen that? Like, oh my gosh, look what we made. They're so cute. Um, with our twins, I've never said that. It's been two weeks. Because I'm going to just be honest. I know how much work I put in to make these things. I enjoyed making them. Come on, somebody. But like, I really didn't do a whole lot. And I just, I just believe it wholeheartedly. And the book of Psalms tells us that God is the one that forms them in the womb. It's his hands. I, two twins coming out of a human being, I'm not going to take credit for that. That's on God. You see, when we realize that, that means my family's not even mine. It's God. It's a gift from God. The Bible tells us that we are all fearfully and wonderfully made. Ephesians 2.10. Now listen to this. Because we all look at babies and little kids and we're like, man, these are God's gift to life. It's because of God. That, but when we get older, we kind of forget. Like, I know some of y'all are ugly now. Like, you're not like babies anymore. Just, I love you. But listen, Ephesians 2.10 still says you are God's craftsmanship. You are God's masterpiece. Each and every one of us. And so what that means is your talents, your, everything comes from God. You would not be where you are without God. And so what Paul is doing, Paul is setting the context of giving. He said, and the realization is this. When we know that everything comes from God, everything I give to God is already his in the first place. 
I'm just giving it back. Now understand this, there's a reason that on December 14th, we call it a year-end offering. We don't call it a year-end sacrifice. I'm not like, all right, y'all, grab your sacrifice, we're gonna give it to God on the 14th. The reason it's not a sacrifice is you cannot offer a sacrifice to something or to someone that which is already his in the first place. It's an offering because I'm offering it back to God, that which is already his. And here's the beauty. God does not call us to make sacrifices. Why? Because God made the sacrifice himself. And his name is Jesus. And the Bible tells us that he was sent for you and me. And so because Jesus was sent, because God made the sacrifice, I don't have to sacrifice anything. I'm just offering back what God first gave to me. Everyone following? That's the context of giving, and that's what we're doing. And the beauty of what he says, look at, look at 1 Corinthians again. If you can get the verse up, verse 10. He says, God is the one who provides. In the same way, when he provides, he will increase your resources. Listen to this. This is a promise. That God who gives it, is not going to let it run dry. This goes for everything. Everything I do up here, my talents, my abilities, is from God. And so when I come up here, I'm not like running on low. Like I only have a certain amount of time before it all runs out. When I'm up here, God is actually refilling me. Because that's the promise. And it's in everything that we have in our lives. The context of giving. I'll explain this more in a second. But there's a reason it won't run dry. And it predicates the promise. And so Paul, in verse 11, says this. He says, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. Now, I want to shift now. That's the context of giving into the purpose of giving. Why do we give in the first place? Especially for a lot of us, it's like, well, if everything belongs to God, everything comes from God, why do I need to give anything to God? Herein, lies the devil blessing. And I want to explain it and I want to make a very important distinction. Because I truly believe this, when you give, God will give back to you. But there's a very strong distinction between God giving something to you and like prosperity gospel. If anyone's ever heard of prosperity gospel, the essence of it is like, it's almost like a return of investment type thing. Like, all right church, December 14th, if you give 2,000, God's given you four. That, that's not how it works. Like, I remember when Christy and I invested when we first got married. For all you young people, invest young. Um, but the guy was like, hey, what do you want to do when you retire? And I was like, I want to golf every day. That's it. Maybe preach a little bit, but I want to golf every day. And so he, he calculated everything. This is how much you need to give, and this is how much you'll have when you're 65. And you could calculate it to a T. That's not how God works. You all understand that? When we give, it's not like we don't down, like, okay, what is God's got 6% interest on this? What's happening? But listen, there's still a promise. And the promise in verse 11, he says, you will be enriched in every way. And so God's still going to supply something. And at times, does God supply us financially? Absolutely. But I love what he says because it goes beyond even God giving us money back. He says, you're going to be enriched in every single way. You know what God gives us sometimes when we give? He gives us peace. And sometimes peace is more valuable than any amount of money. Have you guys ever paid all your bills but you still feel anxious? God says, I'm going to give you peace. I'm going to give you something more. I'm going to enrich you in every way. One of the elders of our church, Pastor Ryan, and just like Pastor Brett, he's my pastor. And one thing he really encouraged me was just to change how I give. 
Now, Christy and I, we've always, give, we've always gave, but one of the things that we've kind of done is like, we'll forget for a couple months and then sort of just like backtrack and be like, all right, how much do we owe now? And kind of just go from there. But he really encouraged me and he said, hey, I want you to do something from now on. And I love him and he loves us, so I listen to him. He's like, every single time any money comes into your bank account, I don't want you to even look at it, don't even think about it, I want you to tithe it. Just, just do it. And so we've been doing it for the last couple of months, and I can tell you it's changed the way that we've thought. And, and God has not yet given us that ROI, but what he's given us is peace. Because every time we look at that thing, my first thought is not like, and maybe you guys think like this when you get paid, it's like, wow, that's it? Our first thought now is like, okay, how much can I give to God? How much is his? And then slowly that, that grip of materialism begins to, to fade on our hearts. And so God says, you will be enriched in every way. I'm going to give you something that money cannot give you. That's the first blessing. But listen, look at the double blessing. He says this. He says, in every way, so that. You will be enriched so that. Someone say, so that. You can always be generous. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. Listen to this. I love what he's saying. He's saying the reason that we give, yeah, God's going to enrich you, but it's for something more. It's going to do more than just give you peace. It's actually going to help someone else. Paul's saying there's a double blessing. It's going to help you, but it's going to help someone else. It's going to turn your mindset from, from inward to outward. From I don't have enough to I have more than enough. To what can I give to help people? To what can I do? It flips us. One of my favorite uh, um, quotes, it's from a pastor, his name is Mark Batterson. He said, God does not bless you to increase your standard of living. He blesses us to increase our standard of giving. Lord have mercy. I don't see you guys writing that one down. God does not bless us to increase our standard of living. He, increases us, he blesses us to increase our standard of giving. What he's saying, he's saying, whatever God has given you, and I'm speaking a lot on, on finances, but it's time, it's talent, it's treasures. Whatever God has given you, the reason he gives you it is not for yourself. Your gift is not for you. The Lord has not given Brendan magical fingers on guitar for himself. It's for us. It's for the body. You guys know what I'm saying? It's for other people, and that's what he's saying. And he's saying, and what he's saying is when you understand, when you can get out of that mindset, because so many of us live in a deficit mindset. You guys ever been in that mindset? If I just had a little bit more, if I just made a little bit more, if I just had a little bit more time, if I just had a little bit more talent, and we live in this deficit. But Paul is saying when we can flip our perspective, when we can understand the purpose of giving, it's not just for me, it's for other people, things will begin to change. And one thing I've realized, one truth I believe, is that you will not know how much you have until you pour it out, until you give it away. And this is everything. For so many people on our team, I think Kingdom Church has an amazing team. There's so many people, before they've joined our team, they've said things like, man, I'm really not sure what I can do in the context of church. I don't really know what I have. But one of the reasons we do growth track, and it's week one this week, so y'all better get there, is because we want to help connect you to what God has given you. Because what God has given you is for someone else. And what we found over and over and over again is when we connect people to purpose, they are fulfilled. It's like, man, I didn't know I could be so happy pouring a cup of coffee. I didn't know I could be so happy putting out chairs for people. But I am. And here's a double blessing. You feel good, but other people are blessed as well. And they can benefit from it. They can experience from it. 
But the thing is this, we don't know how much we have until we begin to pour it out. And you'll begin to see the promises of Jesus that he'll give us a cup overflowing. So we can pour, and we can pour, we can sow, and we can sow. That's the purpose of giving. And so look what he says. We're wrapping up, so I'll invite the band up here. He says two good things will result from this ministry of giving. He says the needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met and they will joyfully express their thanks to God. As a result of your ministry, they will give glory to God for the generosity to them and all the believers will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ. Last thing I said I want to talk about was the result of giving. Now, we need to understand that this offering for Paul had a context. Paul was bringing this offering to a poorer church in Jerusalem. It was a church filled with new converts and new believers. And so Paul was calling for a church in Corinth that had a little bit more financially to give a little bit to a church that didn't have as much. And what Paul does, Paul says, here is the result of giving. He says, when we give to those people, they will be blessed and they will give glory to God. That's the result of giving. When we give, other people are blessed and they can see Jesus. Come on, somebody. Listen to this. I'll make it more practical. I'll bring it closer to home. One thing, and Greg uh, touched on it when he was emceeing, as a church, we believe in generosity. We don't want to be a generous church. We are a generous church. And so one thing that we said very early on is that we want to give. We want to give. We want to give. We want to give. And here's the reality of our situation. This building that we're in, the reason we're here on Saturdays, this is not our place. This is Victory Lives. We rent from them, and they're gracious, and it's amazing, and rent costs money. Come on, somebody. But for as expensive as rent and operating costs may be, even when we were a startup, one thing I always said, I said, we will be a church that is generous. There's a reason I didn't take a salary for a long time. It's not because I couldn't. It's because I said, hey, before I get blessed, we need to bless people. Because I believe in Jesus and he's going to take care of me. But there's other people that need to experience it. And so we said, as a church, we want to give no matter what. That's in our culture. That's in our DNA. We want to bless the people around us. We want to bless St. Albert. Now listen to this. A lot of times churches, it's like, yeah, I'm going to pray for my city. That's good. Please pray for our city. But a lot of times it's a cop-out for not actually doing anything. Because can I tell you something? The city does not know when you prayed for them on Wednesday nights. And so we want to be intentional in actually doing things. And if you've been with us at our church, there's a reason as we try our best on Saturday mornings to go to these buildings around us and give them coffee. A few of us on our team, you've done this. We love blessing the people around us. For those of us, we did a Serve St. Albert Day. If you were there, we gave every single place in this whole complex a pizza. And we said, hey, this is from Kingdom Church just because we love you. Even at the liquor store. Come on, somebody. On our one-year anniversary, when we had our donut truck, when we had Sarah and Annabelle painting faces, we said, hey, we'll paint anyone's face. You're going to yoga? We'll paint your face. We'll give you a donut. You're going to the liquor store? Wash it down with a donut. But the reason, the reason that we do this, because some of us are saying, well, what's the, what's the purpose? What's the that's, that's a waste of resources. We could spend that on something else. One of the guys on our team, he went over one morning, and I, th- I think it was Seasons. And then he was giving her coffee, he was giving her something, maybe a gift card. And the lady just said to him, he said, hey, 
we just want to thank you so much for Kingdom Church because you guys treat us so good. Yeah. Now maybe some of you guys are like, that's not a decision for Jesus. But before Jesus can ever meet anyone's spiritual needs, we want to meet their physical needs. We want to bless these people. The reason we're doing Christmas in St. Albert costs money, y'all, but we're doing it because we want to bless our community with a free event. The result of giving, I love what Paul says. Look at this. He says, and they will pray for you with a deep affection because of the overflowing grace that God has given you. Thank God for this gift, too wonderful for words. Look what he says. He says, when you're generous, other people will actually give thanks for you. They'll actually begin to pray for you. So often it's like, how can we as a church be known? How can people know our names, especially because we're in this building and all we have is flags? Our flags are there on Saturday morning for a couple of hours, but we want to impact this community all the time. And how do we do that? It's through blessing people and blessing our community. And that's the reason we give. That's the reason we take this offering. It's not for us. It's for them. It's for them. And the reason that we do this is because we are following in the mold of our Savior, Jesus. God freely gave to us. He gave us a gift that's too great for words, too much for us to comprehend. But when he gave it, each and every one of us has life and life eternal. And so because of God's generosity to us, we're generous right back. Come on, church, let's stand for a second. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. We just want to give people the opportunity to respond to Jesus. Maybe you're here this morning, this is the first time you've heard about the gift that God has given you. It's that gift of eternal, it's that gift of free life. We want to give you the chance to respond to Jesus. Maybe this morning you want to make a recommitment to Jesus. In this season as you push forward, whatever it is, we want to give you the opportunity to respond to the goodness of God. So every head is bowed, every eye is closed. I'm going to make an appeal. I'm just going to ask us to raise our hands. If you raise your hand, what you're saying is, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to give my life to him who gave so much to me. If that's you this morning, I'm going to count to three. Our, our, our purpose is not to call you out, not to embarrass you, just give you the opportunity to respond. It's between you and the Lord. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. You want to give your life to Jesus. In three, two, one, show me your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Is there anyone else? Come on, church, let's pray this together. Everyone say, Dear Jesus, thank you. Thank you for loving me. And thank you for choosing me. We thank you for Jesus in whom we have eternal life. God, I give you my everything. I give you my wins, and I give you my sins. I pray today that you make me a new creation. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's clap our hands. 
Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Hey, if you want more information, if you would like to take part in our year-end offering, head over to kingdomchurch.ca and connect with us today. If you have not been with us in person, plan your visit and we'll prepare for you. We'd love to meet you. Until next time, take care.